Welcome to episode 107 of the Fitness Simplified Podcast. I'm your host, Kim Schlag. On today's episode, I am tackling the subject of sleep and weight loss. What is the connection between the two? Can you lose weight if you're low on sleep? And how can you improve your sleep? Let's talk about it. So I'm going to start today's episode with a story. It's actually interesting to me that we're doing this um, discussion today about sleep and weight loss because I had a terrible night's sleep last night. I actually, out of the blue, had this allergy attack, which I get, but I've never had them in the middle of the night. It woke me up. So I'm very tired as I'm having this episode with you on sleep and weight loss. I want to start with a story um, about my own weight loss and dealing with sleep management. So in 2019, in February, I know exactly when it was, I was on a cruise. I was in the, on a cruise in the Caribbean. And towards the end of the cruise, one night, I was suddenly awoken because I was soaking wet. And I was like, why am I hot and wet? What in the world? And so I got up and stumbled around in the cabin and I got changed and I struggled to fall back to sleep. And then I did. Next night, same dang thing. I wake up. I'm this time I'm really hot. Like I feel like I'm on fire and I'm soaking wet. Like my clothes are so wet. I have to change them. So I changed my clothes and I'm kind of perplexed because I'm thinking like, am I getting sick? Is this a fever? Is it just really hot in this cabin? Why is it not bothering my husband? It doesn't feel that hot usually. And the cruise ended and I came home. Now for a little bit of perspective, right before I had left on this cruise, so I went in February, a few weeks before then I had started a mini cut, decided I wanted to lose five, six, seven pounds, um, had started this mini cut. I was doing what's called a jab deficit, which is something I don't know if I've talked about on this podcast. I'm not going to go into what a jab deficit is right now, but if you're interested in learning what that is and how you can use it, message me, um, hit me up in the comments here on wherever you're listening to this podcast or message me, DM me over on Instagram. Um, Kim Schlag Fitness. And I can tell you about job deficit. I was doing a job deficit because I had not been in a weight loss phase in a really long time. And right when I started, I was like, oh my gosh, I want to do this, but I don't want to do it. And so a job deficit can really help in, in that situation. It's a slower way of losing weight, but it works really well. So I'm into this deficit a bit. I go on this cruise. I'm come back, not rested at all because I'm exhausted after several nights of this. And when I got back, it continued. In fact, it did not only continue this disruption of my sleep, it got much worse. From February until May, I had zero nights of interrupted, uninterrupted sleep. Zero. And it came from this like once a night waking me up and it's like I struggle to go back to sleep too many times a night. Sometimes it would only happen three or four, right? And I'm talking changing my clothes three or four times a night. Other times it was happening over a dozen times. I started counting, like keeping a little paper by my bed and saying like how many times. Uh, I believe the most it happened one night was 15 times. I gave up on getting changed because when I'll have that many different kind of night clothes and underwear, I was thinking 15 times I was doing an amazing amount of laundry. I couldn't change my sheets. My husband's sleeping next to me. So I did start bringing towels and I would put a towel under me and change the towel and um, that was really all I would do. And I would just try and go back to sleep. I was flat out exhausted. Now, I still lost the weight. I actually, by May, was the leanest I'd been. I, I was the leanest I'd ever been. I looked friggin' amazing. I was stoked about that. I was so exhausted. Now, how did I do that? If you're listening and you're like, wait a minute. Everyone always says that one of the keys to losing weight is getting sleep. How did you lose weight when you were having literally the worst sleep of your life? It's a really interesting point. Now, I will say, I want 
I want to put a little caveat here. Had I known how long this was going to go on um, and that it would be improved like as soon as I started taking hormone replacement therapy, that was my issue. It was night sweats. I had not had night sweats ever before. Had had a few hot flashes, very few, um, starting like three quarters of a year before, but I was not prepared for night sweats. Didn't really know what was going on. Finally saw a doctor in May. By June, my hot flashes were completely under control with hormone replacement therapy. All right. I, it would have been a better decision on my part to deal with that in a fed state, <laughs> but I didn't know. And I kept thinking like, surely that's not going to continue. So I do want to put that little caveat. If you're having a really big struggle um, with your health, maybe it's not the best time to be doing a deficit. In any case, I did. And I was successful. How did I do that when I wasn't sleeping. Here's the missing point for a lot of people. A lot of people think that it works like this. I'm not sleeping. Therefore, some mechanism is tripped in my body that inhibits weight loss, or in fact, um, makes me gain weight. And it is not like that. There is not any direct connection of no sleep, gain weight, no sleep, can't lose weight. It's not like that. It works in a more indirect manner. And we can kind of talk through that here now. Um, you know, there's this discussion out there and people get really confused. Is weight loss due to calories or is it about hormones? In fact, it's about both. Our hormones impact our total calories in and calories out. That's how it works. They're interconnected. And what happens with lack of sleep is our hormones are affected. And things like we have an increase in cravings. We have a decrease in our satiety. We have an increase in our hunger. Those are really big factors that impact our calories. They're, they're impacted by our hormones. Another big one, our NEAT is decreased. The spontaneous movement we do, our non-exercise activity thermogenesis, when we're not sleeping, when we have less energy, our body is super smart and it down-regulates our NEAT. All of this impacts our total calories in or our total calories out. And this is what can lead for us to stall in our weight loss or even put on weight. So now the big question is, what do you do about that? How did I successfully manage that? How can you successfully manage that? The two big things we want you to tackle are, how can you improve your sleep quality and quantity? That's important. But at the same time, how can you manage those negative impacts on your weight loss? How do you manage? decreased uh, satiety, increased hunger, increased cravings, and a decrease in your need. How can you manage those so that you can still successfully lose weight? Let's talk through all of that right now. I want to talk through um, improving your sleep quality and quantity first. We, we cannot overlook this. You don't want to just go to mitigating those negative effects. We want you to see like what can be done to help improve your sleep quality. Life is just so much better when you have more and better sleep. So the first question to try and pick out is why are you not sleeping? Why are you not sleeping? For me, it was obvious why I was not sleeping. I was not sleeping because I was dealing with night sweats. The answer to that is to go see your doctor. For me, the solution was hormone replacement therapy. It is a great tool. You do not have to use it. There are other tools. It is the main, it is the number one um, line of defense for women who are having night sweats is hormone replacement therapy. So I would seriously consider talking to your doctor about that. If that is your issue, if it is just straight up insomnia, then we work on that. Okay. So what do we do if insomnia is the issue? A couple of things you can do. One, let's talk about your sleep environment. We want to set your sleep environment up for success. I'm going to grab my notes here to make sure I'm not missing anything important. Okay. So improve your sleep hygiene. 
it doesn't sound super exciting. <laughs> like nothing with the word hygiene sounds exciting, but it really can work. Some of the stuff I'm about to say to you, you're going to feel like, uh, I don't want to do that. The question I would say to ask yourself is, am I willing to give X up to actually get good quality sleep? And the first one's going to hit hard. It's going to hit hard, ladies. Get that television out of your bedroom. I know, I know. It's painful for a lot of people. That's their nighttime routine. They love their TV in bed. They really love it. Or they they just want to watch TV at night. And if you do, great. If your sleep is suffering, this is a big rock to manage. You know, our bodies are set to um, sleep in accordance with the rising and setting of the sun. That's how it works. You know, our body, as it comes closer to the sun setting, as night is falling, we produce more melatonin artificial light, specifically blue light can impede that. And so we want to do what we can to help that along. I have found different numbers, you know, different, um, people of interest, organizations of interest say different things as far as how long before we go to sleep, we should cut off TV usage, blue light usage. So I'm not just talking about TVs, ladies, I'm talking about the small screens too. So, you know, your iPad and your phone. I know that's a big one. I, I like to scroll on TikTok and not it can really help. So um, I'm going to tell you, so 30 minutes, it seems to be the minimum I have found cutting that off 30 minutes before that's from the national sleep foundation up to two hours before that's from the sleep health foundation. They suggest two hours before cutting off all electronic uses, TVs, small screens, all of that. So somewhere in there, now, you know, with all things, I am a fan of starting where you are and starting small. So if the idea of cutting off your TV and small screen usage two hours before bed, is just like a big, like, ah, I don't want to do that. Start with the 30 minutes. And if you need to even start smaller, start with 15 minutes. Okay. 30 minutes is really the baseline of where we want you to get to pretty quickly to have a, a more, uh, a bigger impact on improving your sleep quality and your ability to fall asleep. So that's a big rock, ladies, is getting that blue light out of our eyes. Next, going along with that, we want to just reduce total light uh, in general. So lowering your lights, okay? This comes back to the idea that our bodies really are set to sleep according to the, the, the setting of the sun. So turning down your lights can help. Setting your room temperature appropriately between 60 and 67 degrees is really the optimal temperature. And that feels freaking cold. That sounds so cold to me. I can never go 60, but 67, you know, somewhere between 60 and 67 degrees is the optimal temperature for sleep. So getting that, that's kind of a smaller rock. Maybe you don't like to feel cold, but it feels good when you're in bed, right? Um, and it's going to help you sleep. The next thing to look at is what is your bedtime routine? For me, when I, when my kids were younger, we had a, I, their bedtime routine was sacred. I got really upset when somebody would mess with the bedtime routine because it worked for my kids. Like it really worked to make our evening run slowly, you know, that, that we would get them a little a cup of water. Um, actually it was a cup of milk. We get them a cup of milk. It's been a while now since I've done a bedtime routine with my kids, but we would get them a little cup of milk and change into their pajamas. And we would read some stories and sing some songs and go to the bathroom and get in bed. And I would rub their backs and we would talk about like, what was your highlight of your day and, and those kinds of things. And then we would say a prayer and they would go to sleep. Your, your nighttime routine does not have to be that intricate. And honestly, some of my friends were like, Kim, you're nuts. That's way too involved of a nighttime routine. But if right now your nighttime routine is nothing, consider adding some things on. What are some things you might think about? Um, a warm bath or shower? changing into, you know, your pajamas, 
putting on some soothing music and listening to that journaling, doing a brain dump or some other kind of journaling that you like to do. Um, meditation or prayer. That's another really big one. And you could start with one or two of these and just kind of over time, add these in as you're taking out that electronic usage. Um, that is a, that's a really good start. Everything I just said there about improving your sleep hygiene at the same time as you're doing those things, you can also talk to your doctor about supplements. There are supplements that can help with this. And I want to be really clear. I am not a doctor, nor do I play one on television. You should not look to me for medical advice. I'm going to tell you about what um, has worked for me. Uh, Dr. Heather Hirsch, she's a good friend of mine, amazing podcast that she has. She's on YouTube. She's everywhere. She can look for her at Hormone Health Doc or just search, search Dr. Heather Hirsch. She runs the um, menopause and midlife clinic up at Brigham and um, Women's Hospital. Um, she's associated with Harvard University. I got these suggestions from her and they have worked really well for me. Talk to your doctor about these things. Um, five to 10 milligrams of melatonin, 30 to 60 minutes before bedtime. I actually didn't go that route. This is one of the things she suggested. I was going to try that one next, but the, the second one really helped me a lot, which is 250 to 500 milligrams of magne magnesium oxide or magnesium citrate right before bed. I did that when I was struggling with insomnia and it really helped me a lot. So those are two things you can discuss with your doctor um, in combination. Don't try and go this route and skip all the other stuff I said about, you know, getting rid of your TV and coming up with a nighttime routine. But those things in combination with improving your sleep hygiene can be a really powerful duo. All right. So that's the one chunk. We work on improving your sleep. At the same time, you don't have to wait until your sleep is completely wonderful again to lose weight. For many of the women I work with in my menopause weight loss group, they really struggle with their sleep and they're working on improving it, but it's not just there yet. They still lose weight. You can still lose weight. I still lost weight. And we do that by positively impacting those negative effects of lack of sleep that I discussed with you. So we do things like manage your cravings. Okay. How do you do that? Here's the process I use. Number one, set up your environment for success. What I mean by this is the foods you typically crave, don't keep them in your immediate environment. So don't, don't put ho-hos in your office drawer. Where did that? I don't even know where the word ho-hos just came from, from my mind. Don't put those in your office drawer if you know that that's what you crave. You know, don't keep lucky charms in your kitchen cupboard if that's what you crave. Don't keep those things in your immediate environment. I'm not saying you cannot eat them. You do not have to have any banned foods list. Just don't keep them in your immediate environment. When you want them, you're going to make the, the effort to go out and get them. And it can be a decision, right? Versus that I'm craving it and there it is. And now it's in my mouth, right? It feels so fast. And let's talk about that part next. The next thing to do is anticipate them. Anticipate that if you are low on sleep, you will likely be having cravings. That can really help because then when they come, you can be like, ah, there they are. I knew that was going to happen. And then have a plan to create space and time between you and the thing that you are craving. You can create that space by literally walking out of the kitchen. So we're going to have your kitchen set up, first of all, so the stuff you typically crave isn't there. But sometimes when you're having cravings, you're like, all right, I don't, I don't have the ho-hos. I'm going to eat salty crackers, right? And so you leave the kitchen. You physically separate yourself from the food. Put the food in the cupboard if it's already in your hands and out of the kitchen. And then we create a buffer of time. Give yourself 20 minutes. 
and make it a, make it an honest thing with yourself and say, if I'm still craving this thing after 20 minutes, I'm going to come back and have some, I'm going to put a serving on a plate and I'm going to put it away and I'm going to have that thing. What you will often find is that 20 minute buffer being away from the food can really help and use that 20 minutes to do something else, right? Don't just sit and think about the food the whole time. One of the things you can do during that time is to remind yourself of why you want to lose weight. Have it on your phone. What are your real root reasons that you want to lose weight? Review those. That won't take very long. And then do something else to keep your mind and hands occupied, whatever it is you like to do. Um, Go out for a walk, knit, um, read a book, whatever it is you like to do, do something else. And then after that 20 minutes, if you're still craving it, you can go ahead and have it, put your serving on your plate. You're going to find most times that, that you can push past that craving. All right. And then what do we do about this increase in hunger and the decrease in satiety, right? That can lead to so many more calories in and see, this is the issue. It's not that sleep is magical. It's if we're craving things, calories up, they go through the roof. If we're um, dealing with increased hunger and decreased satiety, calories in they go up. So we manage these things. When you have that bottomless pit feeling, uh, that that doesn't feel good, right? One thing you could do is take a maintenance break. Frankly, you could be like, you know what? I'm going to bring my calories up for just a little bit and I'm going to have a maintenance break. That's a possibility. You don't have to do that. And you can lose weight even when you're feeling this. We can work with what we know about satiety and we can have you eat more of the foods that help manage hunger. So things like increasing your protein. If you're not hitting your protein target, or if you're on the low side of that target, up it, get more protein in. However you like to get your protein in, chicken, fish, beef, Greek yogurt, cottage cheese, shrimp, all of these things, more of that increase your protein. Also, you can increase your dietary fat. Fat can help sustain um, your fullness longer. So don't always be going for the low fat uh, or no fat Greek yogurt, you know, that 0%, that's a mistake I made years ago. You get some fat in there, get a little bit of, you know, 2% Greek yogurt or cottage cheese with some fat in it. Um, have uh, a little bit of oil with your food. You'll measure out some olive oil, um, avocado, nuts, nut butters. I do want to say all of these fat sources, they come with a calorie cost There are more calories per gram for fat than there are for carbs and protein. What this means is they are so calorie dense that a little goes a long way. You want to be sure that you are weighing your fat sources, okay? No eyeballing peanut butter and handfuls of nuts, um, but adding more of that in can really help uh, to manage this increase in hunger and this decrease in satiety. What did I miss? What did I miss? I think I got all of those things. All right. And then the last part is this dealing with this decrease in our need. You know, our body is super smart and it can downregulate how much we're moving when we're low on energy because we haven't been sleeping. Neat, if you don't know what that stands for, stands for non-exercise activity thermogenesis. It's a big old mouthful. You can just say neat. And that is all of the movement we do throughout a day outside of exercise. Okay. So, um, you know, if I'm sitting here twirling my hair, which I do a lot, okay. That would be neat. If I'm shaking my leg, any kind of fidgety stuff, washing the dishes, washing my hair, um, playing with the dog, playing with your kids, um, walking from here to my car, that is all neat. And we downregulate how much we move when we're low on sleep, when we're low on energy. Okay. So what do we do about that? We become very aware of this. The, one of the best things you can do for that step tracker. 
doesn't have to be a fancy one. Get a step tracker, set your step goal and meet it. Okay. That can really just make a huge difference because you're very aware of how much you're moving or not. And then you can push to increase it. It doesn't have to be all at once. If you're exhausted, I'm not saying you have to go out for a run, but you can just break it up throughout the day in small bursts, walk around your house, walk around your yard, you know, walk around the store a couple of extra times and work on increasing your NEAT so you don't um, go into that, wow, I've now been downregulated on how many calories out because that will impact the bottom line of how many calories out you have if you're not moving as much. And that, all of that together, that bit, that's a long list of things. Take it a little bit at a time. Start making these small changes to help improve your sleep quality, improve your sleep quantity, and then positively impact the negative effects that lack of sleep can have on us. And you're going to see that you too can lose weight, even if you're struggling with sleep. And I know my ladies in perimenopause know it could be a long time. If you wait until your sleep is perfect, it could be a long time until uh, until you kind of get the green light to lose weight. So know that you can do both at the same time. All right. Thanks so much for being here today. I hope that this has helped. Let me know if this topic is important to you and we can, we can talk about it some more. Catch you next time. Thanks so much for tuning into this episode of the Fitness Simplified Podcast. I hope you found it educational, motivational, inspirational, all kinds of ational. If you did enjoy this episode, if you found value in it, I would love it. It would mean the world to me if you left a rating and review wherever you are listening to this podcast. That really does help it get in front of more people. And if you're watching on YouTube, be sure to subscribe to the channel and give it a like. Again, this stuff really does matter. It helps for my stuff to get in front of more people and help more people. Thanks so much for being here. I will see you next time.